mouth shut, hold your tongue, don't say something will make you regret. Girl, you better keep your door shut, keep your door shut, the devil's out prowling, I bet. Girl, you better keep your mind shut, this book hasn't failed us yet. legs shut right no don't make me get into it welcome to girls leading the podcast where two girls who are smarter than you offer our expert opinions on a different topic each week i'm kylie i'm elizabeth and you're welcome this week and next week we're talking about harry potter and guys we have often said that we are being sarcastic when we say that we are experts. Zero sarcasm. We are the foremost experts on Harry Potter in this world. Hear that, Mrs. Rowling? Ms. Rowling? Sorry. It's us. We're more experts. Harry Potter is a series of fantasy novels written by British author J.K. Rowling. The novels chronicle the life of a young wizard, Harry Potter and his friends Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley, all of whom are students at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. The main story arc concerns Harry's struggle against Lord Voldemort, a dark wizard who intends to become immortal, overthrow the wizard-governing body known as the Ministry of Magic, and subjugate all wizards and muggles, a reference term that means non-magical people. Wow. That's pretty deep, Wikipedia. It's a deep dive. I have to... Just take off my time turner really quick because it's clicking and clacking around as I move. Smart. So just. Plus. Oh, that's better. Plus, I would hate for us to accidentally shift in time. Yeah, that's going right back to the Department of Mysteries. That would disrupt this podcast recording. Yeah. But it might save a hippogriff. It could. It could. So, uh, <laughs> guys, it, if, if you didn't understand that hilarious joke Elizabeth just made, let me just let you know that all of the time turners are kept in the Department of Mysteries. Um, if you didn't know that, okay, spoilers for Harry Potter. Spoilers for Harry Potter. Spoilers for Harry Potter. So many spoilers. All of the spoilers, all of the specific, so even... Even if you're like, I'm going to go back and reread Harry Potter for some of the stuff I missed the first time. (laughs) Spoilers for that. Yeah. Uh, Go read all of Harry Potter if you haven't done so. And then watch all of the films. And then reread all of the books. And then read some fan fiction, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then then come back. Skip Cursed Child. You don't need it. We're not going to talk about it very much, if at all. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's not on the outline, my friends. Um, no, it is not. So, okay, we're we're feeling a little goofy already. Yes. Uh, but this is very exciting. We're very excited to be here talking about Harry Potter. I feel like we should cover some news up top. So after this two-parter, back-to-back, the Harry Potter part one this week, Harry Potter part two next week, we're going to be taking a hiatus, a hiatus, Enunciate Elizabeth hiatus. Hiate us. <laughs> um, Kylie has decided to enter 
law school, which is very exciting and very busy. And we're just gonna feel it out and see when our schedules line up again to be able to girlsplain more to you. But we do not know when that will be at this time. So enjoy these Harry Potter episodes again and again and again until we're back is my advice to you. Yeah, just replay them over and over and over uh, at home. Ad nauseum? Ad nauseum. Ad hominem was not what I was looking for. <laughs> Ad hominem. Also a thing. Uh, We're experts in Latin also. Yep. It's <laughs> uh, a dead language. I think all of the Latin I know, I do know because of true. Harry Potter, though. True, true, so. true, 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 true. Uh, yeah. So we're both, we're both pretty big fans of Harry Potter, I would say. Um... Actually, I think I uh, what what age were you when you started Harry Pottering? Nine. Nine. Okay. That's I was eleven. Like I was eleven years old. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, I was in sixth grade when I read the first Harry mm-hmm. Potter book, and I was like, great. This is true. I mm-hmm. need this to be true. Yeah. I just need them to be like a year off. And, like, I'm going to get it ahead of next school year. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yes. I just really needed for it to be true. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't true. Hogwarts letter did not come, uh, unfortunately. But at the time, I didn't even know about Oliver Morney. So I was just barking up the wrong tree to begin with. Yeah, I was nine, so um, for for a couple of years, I was, like, ready. I was like, okay, so come the summer before my 11th year, I will be receiving my letter to Hogwarts. And when I did not, I was like, oh, well, clearly, uh, whatever the American version of Hogwarts is, again, over morning, not a thing at that time, um, I was like, whatever the the American Hogwarts is, it's set up more like the American school system, yeah, you know? Exactly. So, like, this is secondary school. Hogwarts is a secondary school where they start at 11. That's what they do over there. Yeah. Ours is clearly different. Uh, maybe Obviously. it's a middle and high school. Middle school passes. Maybe it's just a high school. <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I got... I, what I think happened, and I called my parents to ask, and neither of them could confirm this story, but they also... Uh, could not, uncon- I don't know, whatever the opposite of, conf- they, they couldn't prove it untrue. Yeah. And they were just like, we don't remember because we're terrible parents. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I was like, I think I got the first book for my ninth birthday. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? And they were like, we well, don't know, maybe. They did both independently during my phone conversations with them about this today say that they thought I was too young to be reading it, but let me read it anyway. <laughs> That's why you were absolutely not too young to be reading it. Uh, it's pretty dark, though. It's fine. My dad, okay, my dad read me, like, Lord of the Rings when I was two and three. Right. So, and, like, Chronicles of Narnia, which is equally, I mean, there's, like, hella yeah. sword slaying. I'm not even sure, though, if they meant, like, too young, as in the content was too heavy, or mm-hmm. if they were like, this is a really long book and you're nine. True. So I'm not sure which one the of those they were going for. Did seem long at the time that I read it, and then now I'm like, this is four pages. Yeah, this is laughably short. Yeah. Um, what a quick read. What a quick read. Uh, but, yeah, I just threw out 
middle school and I went to a I went to a gifted and talented middle school and so Hair flip. Uh, <laughs> most of the student body like it came I feel like the first one came out in the states when I was in sixth grade I want to say mm -hmm. and then by like the end of seventh grade pretty much everyone in school had read the first two which were then out and they became like it was by the end of seventh grade it was like a pretty big deal in our school Harry Potter um, like there was a group of girls who talked about Harry Potter on lunch breaks and like mm -hmm. had, uh, assigned like which of the boys was their boyfriends and stuff. <laughs> They're basically LARPing. They actually yeah. had like a more involved, like they had, uh, I believe they had like code words for the different classes. Like they were like, we're going to charms, but it was math, you know. Charms wouldn't be math. I, it might not have, that might not have, it might have, <laughs> but the, the point yeah, being, I feel you. I feel uh, you. that there's like a whole, and I was very like, like, like I was, it was like, that's embarrassing. I would never. And then I like went home and, um, I don't know, like played Harry Potter board games by myself or something. <laughs> How old were you when the movies started coming out? Oh, uh... Like, do you recall that as a thing? I, like, I definitely had a very big attitude about the movies. Like, I saw them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to see what year the first one was released, because I do not remember. Do you have it in your notes? I do, I do not. Um, I, re I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, Chris Columbus. That's the one. 2001. Okay, so yeah. I was... So I think I was Probably in December of 2001 or something. Yeah, like it was a Christmassy. Yeah. So right. I would have been a freshman in high school. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I was, you know, fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. So I remember it distinctly because, uh, let it be known that until the movies, at least the promotional materials for the movies came out, Harry Potter was a cartoon in my brain. Yeah. It was definitely a cartoon. I saw it in my brain. It played as a cartoon. Um, that did not stop me from having a giant crush on Harry Potter, the cartoon character, in my mind. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I will say um, that the by the time the movie franchise started and my level of disinterest in it because I was 14, um, like, I had such entrenched mental images of the characters mm -hmm. that almost all of the characters when I read it now are still my original mental images and not the movie characters with some notable exceptions. Got but it. like for the most part when I see it in my brain it's still the original what I saw in my brain when I was 11. Yeah I definitely picture the actors now. I no longer picture it as a cartoon. Um, but I, I do distinctly remember um, because when I was in fourth grade I had a giant crush on Harry Potter, the character who yes. only existed as a cartoon character in my brain and as the drawing on the cover of two books that yes. I owned. Uh, I was so in love with him that come Valentine's Day, I made a Valentine-themed bookmark that I was sure to use in my copy of Chamber of Secrets because if I put it between the pages, then he would see it and know that I loved him. Oh my god, his eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. Yeah. His hair is as black as a chalkboard, is that right? Yeah. I wish he were mine. He's truly divine. The wizard who conquered, conquered the, the dark, dark lord. lord. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> is but, what your bookmark should have said. 
it that's what it should have said but no it was just like a heart that I like glue stick glued to a longer <laughs> strip of paper and wrote like something on it uh but so come the time that Daniel Radcliffe is cast as Harry Potter um I fell in love with him because I mean, you're probably too old for that, that to be that a thing life. that happened. Um, but I was the same. I'm the same age as Emma Watson, which yeah. means that Daniel Radcliffe is like a year older than me, and Rupert Grant is a year older than that. So yeah. I'm like at exactly the right age to have intense crushes on them. Definitely. So Daniel Radcliffe, um, my sixth grade French notebook said, "I heart Dan Rad on it, real big in the middle, and then real little around the whole outside edges." Uh, that, I jumped that ship right around the time of Prisoner of Azkaban, because that's when Rupert Grant started getting hotter. Yeah. And I hopped aboard the Ron train. Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, when that came out, I told Andy that, uh, Emma Watson was getting, was going to be hot, and he was like, I, that's gross. She's like, shh, no, we're not talking about this, and you're weird, you're so weird, and then later I was like, who was right? It was me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you ever partake in any online role-playing re-Harry Potter? No, I didn't. I The closest I came to role-playing Harry Potter is that my grandmother, I think when I was, like, 13, like, my grandmother was very into Harry Potter, too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she had been, like, so into the Lord of the Rings, like she would, she had like a copy of Lord of the Rings that she kept like by her bed and read passages at night, like people do the Bible. And like, so when Harry Potter came out, it was like a really big deal. And our whole family, like it was very, and we used to like uh, listen to the audiobooks she lived in the country and like we'd listen to the audiobooks on the way down that had come out at the time. Um, and when I was like 13, she made a Hogwarts letter for me and like green ink calligraphy and everything and it was like Elizabeth the the third floor bedroom St. Louis Missouri it was very cute um and I loved it so much and I still have it somewhere in my possession um I'm jealous I never got a Mr. H. Yeah. Potter four privet drive cupboard under the stairs little whinging Surrey it was really cute style. So that was, like, that was the most role-playing I ever uh, did, really. Yeah. (laughs) I participated in a community called MuggleNet Interactive. Very good. Oh, and then Pottermore. But, yes, go on with MuggleNet. Yeah, so MuggleNet Interactive was an unofficial community um, similar to Pottermore. Uh, You would get... You take a quiz and get sorted into a house, and then you can earn points for your house by participating in classes and... Sporting events, which the sporting events were trivia because we were nerds and uh-huh. it was the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sorted into Ravenclaw, and whenever I lost a password, I would get sorted into Ravenclaw again. <laughs> yes. Uh, you would receive a banner that had a house, that had your house that you were sorted into, and the character that you were sorted as being most similar to. That's amazing. The character was not always in the right. house that you were sorted into. So I am very proud to let you know that the two banners I received were Hermione Ravenclaw uh, and Jenny Ravenclaw. Uh, I'm so amazed. I want to go on it was, this. It was I perfect. Anymore. It was so perfect. It does not exist anymore. Um, you you know, like the little, we were talking the other day with some of our other friends about the little, like, E. Luai dolls or the yeah, 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 different, yeah, yeah. like, doll makers. Mm-hmm. 
So there were people who would receive real money, like real existing money, to create dolls for people to use as their avatars on. That's incredible. I love that. That's so, like, 2003. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. It's so good. Uh, so I was on a Quidditch team. Um, I was not on the house team. My team was something like Patronus Rabbits or something relating to Patronus Luna Lovegood's. Rabbit. Something related to Luna Lovegood's Patronus. Um, but I was the seeker. The chasers would a- answer rapid fire trivia questions, and the seeker received an essay assignment at the beginning of the match, and then you turned it in at the same time. Yeah. At the end. Yeah, that makes sense. That's so, the seeker, like, I love how nerdy, like, that's the most nerdy you can possibly yeah. be. Yeah. Maybe. MuggleNet still exists, and it is still the place where I went to go find all of my favorite Harry Potter quotes, and it was, like, this uh, very in-depth community where it could have, like, people's favorite quotes, and then also just, like, mistakes in the books. Oh, yeah. Things oh, that, so many mistakes in the books. Uh, things that were, like, a cool thing that maybe you didn't catch the first time you read it. Yeah. And I, there was one of them that was like, um, excuse me, you forgot in Goblet of Fire when at the beginning uh, Voldemort tells Peter Pettigrew that he'll give him a task that most of his followers would give their right arm to uh-huh, perform. I know, I love that. And then at the end of the book, he has to cut off his right arm. I was like, no, you forgot this one. And then they added it. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah, and they, like, compared books and movies, and, like, whenever new thing, like, whenever the new movies came out, it would be like, ah. and whenever a new book came out, it'd be even more like, ah. Yeah, the new, like, that's one of the things I miss the most about the the days that Harry Potter was being published. The midnight book releases were <sighs> the best thing ever. <laughs> they were the absolute best. Yeah. The best part about the Bush years was Harry Potter midnight book releases. Like, I can't think of anything better. Yeah. It was amazing. It's like, perfect. Just going and people would be cosplaying mm-hmm. and like it would be at Borders and everybody was so excited and then you get your book. It was just all so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember when we went to the seventh book release, um, there was this couple just as uh, Remus and Tonks and it was so sweet and then later so sad. <laughs> yeah. Later that day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, we're just fucking trust Snape shirts and shit, but. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was real good. It was really good. Um, oh, oh, here's a good. Okay, so in seventh grade, I had this nerd um, language arts teacher in se- seventh grade, and um, he assigned Sorcerer's Stone as one of our books that year. Which was, a, like, most of the people's first time reading it. But I was, like, one of the only, maybe even the only person in my class who had already read it at the time. And um, so I just, like, would, and he would, he was, like, one of those teachers that always had bonus questions. So you could get extra credit. And I would be, like, oh, I got 115 on this quiz. Hmm. And then, like, for our final project, we had to, like, come up with something. And I wrote um, letters home at the end of the school year from Mm -hmm. each teacher and, like, chose different dumb fonts from my computer to, like, represent what Professor Flitwick's, like, personality was and what Professor Snape's (laughs) personality was. Uh, It was amazing. But, Um, but, 
you know what? So did J.K. Rowling. So that's that's not untrue. Yeah, but I was just like, mm, I think Marker felt or like whatever was on right, like Comic Sans probably. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, and um, I got spoiled. My friend, I remember. When the books would come out, like, everyone would just, like, feverishly read them as much as possible. Yeah. And I'm not the fastest reader, so I would mm-hmm. be behind some of my friends, and I was, like, I aming during um, the reading of Goblet of Fire, which was by far the longest one. Like, when Goblet of Fire came out, it was shocking how long it was. It was so long. Yes. Um, when it came out. Yeah. Yes. yes. And um, I was reading that, and I wasn't done, and I was aming with my friend Nathan, and he, like, totally was, like, Cedric Diggory dies. And I didn't even believe him. I was just like, that's A, fake. who is Cedric Diggory? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I knew he was. Like, I was reading. I was, like, in, it was near the end. Got it. I was it. just like, that, that can't be true. Right. That can't be right. true. Um, so that was the first time I got, like, spoiled on Harry Potter. Maybe the, that was the only big spoiler I received. It's, yeah, it's one of the longer is that one of the longer ones? It's 734 pages. It's the third pages. longest one. <laughs> it's the third longest one. Because um, the it's longer than Half-Blood Prince, but... Not as long as Order of the Phoenix. No. Not as long as Deathly Hallows. No. So here's the thing. Here's a piece of trivia that, for some reason, is stuck in my brain forever. That I did not read anywhere, to be clear. I just realized this on my own. Order of the Phoenix is exactly twice the length... Of Prisoner of Azkaban. And it doesn't even need to be. <laughs> but it is. But it is. Prisoner- yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban is 435 pages. And Order of the Phoenix is 870 pages. It needs 300 pages cut out of it. Um, whew, uh, that's a, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, uh, so my my grandma was also into Harry Potter. Cute. Grandma's in Harry Potter. But when the fourth book came out, uh, I was like, I started reading them, I think, not like right when they were released when I was younger, because I was younger. Um, but so before I read the fourth one, my grandma read it and told my mom that she should not let me read it. Oh no! Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I was like, scary. Um, I was like, um, the end no. is scary. Yeah, I was like, um, no. And then my grandma was like, okay, you can let her read it, but just don't let her read the chapter "Flesh, Blood, and Bone," well, which is a valid concern. <laughs> it's a very scary chapter. But I was like, I will revolt. Yeah, I will revolt. I don't know how I will do that, but I will strike <laughs> as your child. Uh, my parents had to ground me from books when I was younger so that I would do anything ever. Wow. Yeah. It did not work because they would ground me from books for things like not cleaning my room. and Or, like, my... I remember, distinctly remember I was grounded from books until I cleaned my bathroom. So then I put Twilight New Moon under my bathroom sink, hit it, so that when my mom came upstairs, it looked like I was cleaning in the bathroom... But then I would just shut the door and start reading. And I would just be reading on the bathroom floor. And they would be like, why is it taking you three hours to clean your bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Teens are terrible. So that's a thing that I did. Um, But 
But yeah, so I was very into books. So I was like, no, you cannot do this to me. So they eventually let me read it. It was very scary. It was very scary, but I still enjoyed it. But yeah, my grandma was like, don't let her read this chapter. Yeah, no, it is valid. But yeah, it's, um, my grandmother passed away before Order of the Phoenix came out. So Goblet of Fire was the last one. And I have, I have the Jim Dale audiobook recordings of uh, the first four Harry Potter books uh, ripped onto, like, blank cassette tapes up in the attic, like, labeled uh, by her. Like, she gave them to me. So that's a fun thing that I have. But that's... Uh, those are really cute. good audiobooks also. I actually got an Audible subscription, and one of the first ones I got was the... Uh, audiobook of Sorcerer's Stone that I sometimes play in the car. Like, I've been getting my kids into uh, Sorcerer's Stone some. It's very fun. Very fun. Wesley's really into Had... Uh, I'm sorry, Wesley's really into Hagrid and Hedwig, sure. for that matter. But very sure. into Hagrid. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, one... Another thing about Goblet of Fire, and me personally as a child, is that when Hermione had her teeth shrunk... Yes. I was deeply jealous oh. because I was, I so identified with her and that I was also a frizzy haired brunette know-it-all with buck teeth. Yeah. And, and so then, then she had her teeth shrunk uh, and I was like, uh, that's a, why can't I do that also? Um, but then when I got my braces on when I was 13, my orthodontist was like, these teeth are not, are longer than they need to be. And so he filed them down. Yay, magic. <laughs> I know. Or, yeah. So what I'm saying is orthodontists are wizards. Yeah. Well, that's what... I mean, her parents didn't want her to do that. I know. She rebelled. But... Uh, what else? Oh, uh, did you did you ever partake in any fan fiction? No, I could never really get into fan fiction. That was definitely like... Um, ooh, I don't know. Just this like invisible barrier of like this side of the fandom and that side of the fandom for me um and all like I never really in, in anything got I mean I've read a, a few fan fictions and I like thought I've thought about writing it it's appealing in a lot of ways but I don't know just never really I mm -hmm. guess I'm just like but it's not canon yeah definitely not uh I don't I don't know for some people that's like what it's meant to be is yeah. like this extra canonical yeah. thing that is still part of their Harry Potter universe. For me, it was more like, here's a fun idea of one of these two characters. Yeah. So, for me, uh, the one true fan fiction was a fan fiction based on the song White Flag by Dido. And it was a Dramione fan fiction. So gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> but it was very compelling. <laughs> I read it when I was, like, 12 or 13, <laughs> and to this day, if I hear the song White Flag by Dido, I will start crying, and it will be because of the forbidden love <laughs> that could not be between Hermione Granger and Draco Malfoy in that fan fiction. It's too funny. I tried to find it. There were too many, and I could not figure out which one. There are so many fan fiction, Harry Potter fan fictions based on... White Flag by Dido. There's apparently a very long and very popular one that is a Lily Evans Severus Snape fic. Get out. Um, but it's like a similar, I was like, that's a similar vibe to Jermione. Is. 
It is. That's so disturbing. Um, <laughs> I will say, like, I would definitely, like, think, uh, like, adolescent hormonal thoughts about how I would take advantage of dormitory Hogwarts life were I a wizard. <laughs> but the girls can go into the boys' that's dormitories. Right. Uh, that is canon. There are alcoves aplenty. And also, if you're gay, that's fine. Yeah. You yep. can do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, definitely when I was, like, 13 and 14, Hogwarts seemed like a sexy place to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I appreciate that finally in book six, people started snogging all over the place. Cause yeah, they started making out. Absent. They started making out in book four. Yeah, but um, then but it, it was, was less like, obvious. And book six, it was, like, Everybody so many hormones. Doing. <laughs> Everyone is making out everywhere. Yeah. They cannot stop. Um, they cannot stop. Um, but yeah, so that... Oh, I also did read a fanfic that was based on Severus Snape's crush on Lily Evans, but it was not like they got together. It was just right. like this backstory of like when they were younger and I was... Yeah. So heartbreaking. Yeah, I do think... Like, I if I were to read fanfic like if I were gonna get into fanfic I'd probably be like pretty hardcore into Marauder fanfic like, yeah very... that's that's what it, it was like really based on like this is the reality of yeah. them while they're younger at Hogwarts also um in case it wasn't clear that book didn't come out until my senior year of high school so the fanfic based on it I was reading not as a yeah preteen yeah, yeah, yeah young yeah, teen yeah. That was, like, straight into yeah. young adulthood. Yeah, Oops. I would read Mar- Marauder stuff. I mean, like, yeah, I, I've thought about reading it before, but then I just am, like, I don't read enough. I think part of it is, like, I don't read enough published books that I feel like yeah. I have extra reading time to read fanfics, but... That's fair. I love the Marauders. Um, yeah, and uh, I just say, like, as an adult, I mean, and especially in these trying times, I just feel so comforted by Harry Potter just something you can like pick up any of the volumes and like read mm-hmm. at any time and it's like so calming and I, I was thinking about my relationship with it now um making notes and really like since my parents got divorced when I was little and then like my dad and my first stepmom have gotten divorced and like, there's no homes from my childhood and stuff. It's, like, Hogwarts is, like, home to me in a similar way that, like, it is You're for Harry. Harry I am Harry Potter. Like, it feels like revisiting a place from my childhood to be back in those books. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it is, like, the the only, like, constant from, from my childhood. And it, it's just so, so comfortable and comforting to yeah. go back to that world. That makes sense, because that's, I feel that way about Harry Potter and, uh, so I feel that way about, like, Hogwarts and Stars Hollow. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but you didn't have Stars Hollow. No, I did have Sunnydale. I did have Sunnydale. True. But But it's not as warm and happy and And safe. Like, Hogwarts just feels so safe, and it just, I don't know. I know. That evil dark wizard constantly attacking children (laughs) in that school. It's so safe. I don't know what to tell you. It just feels... But, like, even when that's happening, there's, like, this balance of, like, them just hanging out. Yeah. Too. They're like, well, I know we have to solve this mystery of people dying, but for now, let's go to Hogsmeade. (laughs) Yeah. My relationship with Harry Potter as an adult is more than some would say it should be. Uh, 
I typically am still getting on average at least one Harry Potter related gift per birthday or holiday. Yeah. Um, Mine have recently amped up the... That's, like, something that's a go-to for Andy to have the kids by me. Yeah, I think Justin is just like, I know she likes Harry Potter, so if I get that, then we'll be good. So, like, my last... So last year, I got a pass to all of the eight movies we're playing at the Haunted Mall. Uh, (laughs) The Mills, for those of you in St. Louis, which I refer to as the Haunted Mall. They were, like, playing all eight before... Fantastic Beasts came out. Right. They're playing it right before Fantastic Beasts came out. So I, yeah, we went and they were playing like for a week solid. They're constantly playing and we went to see all of them. Um, then the year before that, I got the illustrated Sorcerer's Stone and I've gotten Ravenclaw pins and a Ravenclaw necklace and a Slug Club t-shirt and that's all sorts of other nerdy junk. Uh. And I also have a podcast with a sorting hat segment. It's true. So. It's true. It plays a big, big role mm-hmm. in our lives. Uh. <laughs> and also, like, as obsessed as I am with Disney, like, my number one dream vacation yeah. spot would be to go to Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Which yes. I can do both at yes. the same place. Yes. So that's fine, but. They're very nearby one another. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely still a large part of my frame of reference. And morality, maybe even. I feel like Harry Potter helped frame my brain absolutely. as, like, social justice-minded. Uh, oh, absolutely. I feel like that's a, an amazing segue to talking about the cultural impact of Harry Potter. Yeah. Because it's literally most of my notes uh, <laughs> about the cultural impact of Harry Potter. Um, and <coughs> I just, I don't know, I've thought, like, I consider myself to be an atheist. And so I've thought a lot about like, over the years, morality, and a lot of people think that they get their morality from their religion, and I'm like, you obviously don't need a book to tell you your morality, (laughs) (laughs) but um, uh, a lot of sociologists and think pieces have been written about um, that millennials are the way they are politically because because of Harry Potter, like, Harry Potter... Gave us our moral compass and taught us right from wrong. And, you know, I can't... Like, I think that I had a moral compass before I read Harry Potter. But it definitely... There are things that it deeply enforced. Like, the idea that um, authority is not always right. And questioning and fighting against injustice that authority subjects you to is right and like just yes um, and morally imperative, morally imperative and people will die if you don't do yeah. it yeah 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 like that's not like a normal and natural part of knowing right from wrong no. that's certainly how I feel yeah. <laughs> um but yeah they like they've done studies and just like tolerance and empathy and acceptance you know correlation does not equal causation but the generation that grew up with Harry Potter just really exhibits those qualities much more than previous generations of people. So yeah. yeah, I read a Washington Post article that was like, yes, again, these are correlational things, but they there's even one specific study that like controlled for parental influence and like a number of other factors and controlling for many other things, there was still a correlation for these specific traits. Higher acceptance for outgroups 
higher political tolerance, less predisposition to authoritarianism, greater support for equality, greater opposition to use of violence and terror. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely right. Um, yeah, the more I th- the more I was thinking about this, like the uh, this reading of Harry Potter is a sacred text, like in yeah. the uh, podcast um, that is called Harry Potter and Harry the Potter and the Sacred Text. That's the one. Uh, just yeah, like, <laughs> it makes. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because yeah, because so much of yeah, like how I the lens through which I view reality was yeah. formed by Harry Potter. And it's a very rich text. It's <laughs> it rich is. with references to other things and metaphor and all sorts of yeah. things where you can look at it in that really layered way. Yeah, I did read an article about teaching Harry Potter in schools that talked about how it's just, it's like Joseph Campbell and it's, but it has like mythology and religion mm-hmm. and just like so many. Yeah. So um, And then also uh, like, like British school days novels like it's just like an amalgamation of like a lot of things that will be good references for people to have as readers Mm -hmm. um and it also had a huge I mean huge 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 uh impact on all of fandom culture like I think all of modern whatever fandom culture is like there's nothing that hasn't been touched by how the Harry Potter fandom grew because the years that it became popular coincided with the popularization and democratization of the internet. Like, yeah, like the way it spread over the internet and like fanfic and the way, you know, people formed online communities around it. And yeah, and the midnight openings and stuff and the midnight releases of the movies and uh, just YA and supernatural Mm -hmm. YA. Like it's all... I mean, and it was even before the Marvel and everything, and Mm -hmm. maybe, like, the whole nerds are cool now is because Harry Potter is so good that at first it was for nerds, and then everyone was like, but I love it, and everyone loves it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So there's just one thing I wanted to say, touching back on the um, morality stuff, or, um, yeah, as a cultural guide. I actually read something, um, not even as part of my research, like, this just came up recently, because this is still a thing people are talking about. Um, it was referencing the Harry Potter and the Safer Text podcast and people teaching it in schools as a religious text and stuff like that. Um, there was a millennial woman who I don't think has listened to that podcast or read Harry Potter, either one, um, who wrote an opinion piece for Washington Post, I believe. And I was like, Washington Post, make people do research, please. Yeah. Um, but she was like, you should not use Harry Potter as a guide because you're just falling into your childhood and the comforts of childhood. Mm. And not everything is black and white like it is in Harry Potter. And I was like, what are you, did you read maybe the first one and not any of the rest? Because Harry Potter is very good at looking at moral gray areas. Yeah. Like Albus Dumbledore is a very complicated character who has done both good and bad things. And Severus Snape is a character that, ex- like there's yeah. lots of characters there's that exist in that moral gray concepts area. Concepts and just, Yeah. yeah. But so that was, like, one thing that I was like, mm, no. No. And that's, all, all like, all of the comments on the article were like, did you listen to this podcast before you wrote this? Oh, my gosh. That's so annoying. Um, but, yes. Yeah, so definitely, as far as, like, cultural impact with, like, the way fandoms work, mm-hmm. I do think it is a thing where it, it got past that idea of, well, popular culture can't be cool, because if it's popular, that must mean it's not cool. Totally. Because I think there were the type 
types of people who would say that kind of shit, me as a teen, Mm -hmm. who would be like, well, it is cool, and the reason that it's popular is because a lot of people like it, and a lot of people like it because it is cool. And Harry Potter, like, actually helped me break free of that thinking. Yeah. Because I finally got away from, like, oh, things are automatically uncool if they are popular. It's like, no, the reason this is so popular is because it is universally beloved by everyone everywhere because it's that good. Yeah, for sure. And now I make fun of people who say that kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah, totally. I mean, well, that's like a very teen way to, but yeah, and and to be clear, like when I was 14 and I wasn't excited about the movies, I was still 100% excited about the books. I just was not excited about the movies because I was too cool for that, but I was... Never too cool for the books. That never happened. And I still watched the movies. It wasn't like I was too yeah. cool to watch them. I was just too cool to be excited about them. I watched them anytime they were on ABC Family, yeah. especially because they would edit in all of the deleted scenes. Director's oh, cut. So Ooh, Hagrid talking to Harry on the train on the way to the Leaky Cauldron to go to Diagon Alley. Nobody <laughs> else cares about that. Just me. Okay, just checking. Ah. I was so excited every time they were on ABC Family because I knew I was going to get to see the deleted scenes. That's hilarious. Um, I can just see, like, little Kylie, like, "Ah, this is the scene with Hagrid on the train. This is deleted. I also (laughs) had Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets on VHS. Nice. Um, And I had a TV VHS player in my room. And Chamber of Secrets was not as good as Sorcerer's Stone as far as movies, as far as I'm concerned. So I can quote along to this day, like, every line of Sorcerer's Stone. That's incredible. In a way that is very annoying to everyone else who happens to be watching the film with me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I really, um, I really just, like, like, I do feel like the, like, new version of criticizing Harry Potter for either, like, being... Pop, too popular or whatever is like there's still this contingent of people who are just like but it's children's literature and it's infantilizing culture and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. nope no no I hate that so much it makes me furious and like congratulations on reading Ulysses like whatever you Chil- know also children are smart people so like sometimes they like things that are good and also um more than half of those books are not appropriate for children <laughs> right I, yeah, so I would always, whenever I finished with them, my dad, like, my dad would very kindly let me read them first, and then when I was done with them, he would read them. Um, but yeah, like, my dad loves them, like, adult, my grandma liked them, they're clearly not just for children. No. Yeah, Andy didn't read any of them until he was an adult, and he's very, like, into them, and he, you know, he's not, like, usually into YA and stuff, like, that's not even his... I don't know, it didn't, like, lead him to, it's not some sort of, some people think it's, like, some sort of gateway drug. Like, if you read Harry Potter, you'll never again read an adult novel. So, whatever. I mean, I will say that I realized recently, I was like, I don't read as much as I used to or as much as I'd like to. And then I was like, you know, no one's writing anything as good as Harry Potter. And that's it's not true, my it did fault. ruin me for all other books forever. Cormoran Strike novels? Love the Cormoran Strike novels. I'll read those. There's, like, certain, like, series that I get really into, and I just, I like what I like, and so then I tend to just reread those things until I discover something as good as those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's just no... My standards are high. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, God, just write something as good as Harry Potter. Yeah. (laughs) What, are you saying that's hard? Um, I think, like, the cultural impact is is also, like, very, very clear by the fact that, like, years after... 
the last books and movies were released, like you could still find Harry a Harry Potter merch table in every Barnes and Noble. Yeah, until Barnes and Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble, until Barnes and Noble shut down. They sold lots of Harry Potter merch. Uh, I feel like Claire's still has. Do you mean Harry. until Borders shut down? Oh, the Barnes and Noble by my house closed. You're right. There are still other ones. There Barnes are, and Noble's footprint is much smaller than it used to be, though. Oh, they have closed okay. like a good half of their stores, probably. Yeah. And yeah, Borders is. There's one like two, two minutes from my apartment, which I was like, well, Wait, so what? it skews your perception um, of reality. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Borders was better, but. For whatever reason, it closed first. Um, IMO. Um, but, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Claire Spencer's. Uh, this Triwizard. Hot Topic. Yeah. Hot. Of course. How could I forget Hot Topic? How? The Triwizard <laughs> Maze game. That's yeah. sitting on my table that uh, is basically, like, the game Trouble, uh, essentially. Nice. It uh, was a gift for my children for Christmas, and it came from Five Below. So, even Five Below is yeah. on the Harry Potter game. Uh, out of curiosity, I did an Etsy search for Harry Potter. Noise. 87,661 results. Amazing. A search for just Ravenclaw still had, like, no, like 15,000 results or something. Nice. It was a lot. That's amazing. I have, um, I, like, made a stencil of the Duffy Hollows and painted it on a shirt, and that's, like, one of my own merches that I need myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, should we move on to our faves are problematic? Our faves are problematic. <laughs> uh, it's important to recognize when your faves are problematic. And, uh, there's a lot of shitty stuff about the books and the, I mean, the movies. I don't, I don't really care that much about that, uh, to talk about the movies, but I find... Everything about house elves, very perplexing. Everything about the house elves, like, I don't know what, I don't know what J.K. Rowling is trying to say Mm -hmm. about house elves. Yeah. Because it's like, they're obviously, like, with Dobby, we're like, we want Dobby to be freed. The the Malfoys treat him horribly. Right. He's forced to do slave labor. Right. But then Winky's like... Dobby's a problem because he doesn't want to work for free and be enslaved. And then Hermione's like, you guys all need to be free. I'm here to be your white savior. And they're like, but we're fine? And I'm just super confused about what's trying to be communicated. I, first of all, that is like part of why I fell in love with Hermione was spew. It was just like, oh, yes, you just dear heart. Um, white savior, white savioring is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, just accepting that other people are enslaved is worse. Yes. So, oh, absolutely. I'm just, it just, yeah, feels- it's, it is weird. <laughs> I think what it is, so I always took it as Winky is just a sad case of like, uh, what's the word? It's like Beauty and the Beast. Oh, um, not <laughs> Munchausen Syndrome. No. The other, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no nightingale no the thing oh stockholm syndrome thank you i was like yeah Berlin so <laughs> stockholm syndrome i've always thought of winky as just like a sad case of stockholm syndrome the other hogwarts house elves seem to agree with her but the other how ho- ho- the hogwarts house elves are treated well yeah that's true and they 
it still seems like it's their choice to be there. Like, they're like, I want to be here, and I want to work for free. Yeah. And it seems like Dumbledore has offered them money, and they were insulted, and so he was like, okay, never mind. Yeah. It's but, really tough. It's, like, I just... Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's real weird. Uh, what's something that bothers you a lot? So, more than the house elves, my problem was always the goblins. Yeah. Because yeah. really seemed like they were coded yeah. as Jewish in a yeah. really bad way. I, so the, that reading is easy to come by. Yeah, the goblins of Gringotts are um, in charge of the bank. So they run the bank. They're very protective of all of the gold. They're also very protective of all of their goblin-made wares. And they have these very specific different rules about what happens when a person dies is that it goes back to the goblin who made it instead of being handed down like the humans think. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, and I actually read something where someone was like, actually in the books, like they really weren't coded that way as much. But when the movies came out and they had the hooked noses uh, and yeah. were really physically reminiscent of, of a caricatures. Of like an old. Jewish, like, of, yeah. Basically, like, someone um, referred to it as, like, the Shylock Goblins. Yeah, Which is really what it is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that was always something that made me squeamish. And they're very, just in general of other species, the species are represented as, like, menacing unless they're acting like humans should. Like, the centaurs are scary unless... They're not acting like centaurs and are breaking ranks. See, with the the centaurs, I didn't feel that way as about as much. It was just like they had a different culture, not necessarily a scary one. But we, like, celebrate Ferenz and his, like, breaking away from his culture and participate, like, like letting someone ride on him and going into the school, which yeah. is, like, forbidden by his culture. And we're like, but he knows what's up. <laughs> He's not like those other centaurs. Yeah, I guess I never got a sense of judgment towards the other centaurs about that. I just thought that they were like, that's not what Friends wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely with the giants and Ugh. the goblins and yeah. anyone else who's like a different species, it's like there is some judgment. Mostly really on Ron's part more than anyone else. Ron, Ron is pretty tone deaf. Ron, I think, though, is he definitely needs to exist as a character for the reader. So Harry is new to the wizarding world because the reader is new to the wizarding world. So that's necessary for us to learn as Harry learns. Yeah. Hermione is also muggle born. So she's new too. So Ron is really our guide of like what is normal in wizarding culture. Right. Cause so it's not something that Hermione can get from books. Right. Yeah. So as far as like some of Ron's more, objectionable opinions about things. I think it really is just supposed to represent, like, here's what the norms are of the wizarding world. That doesn't mean that they're good. Yeah. It just means those are the norms. And we also see Ron learn and grow throughout. Like, when Ron learns that Hagrid is half-giant, he's like, whoa, that's not good. Yeah. So that Harry and Hermione can be like, why? What are you talking about? And he can be like, well, giants are this way. And right. then he's like, but I like Hagrid, so that must not be true. Yeah. And he, like, grows that way. But so that's... I think part of the reason, like, it's not really Ron's fault that he is, but, um... Yeah, it's, it's true, like, yeah, and I was thinking about the garden gnomes and everything, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like, the weird, yeah, have, like, a weird relationship with 
humanoid creatures. Yeah. Then there's the ghoul in the attic mm-hmm. that we don't really know much about. Yeah, ghosts in general. We're just sort of like, whatever. <laughs> like, well, the ghoul is different from the ghost, Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for the, sure. The ghoul is a solid. Oh, that's true. Because they, like, dress him in a wig and Ron's pajamas so that he can be Ron. <laughs> that's so right. Ron I forgot sick. about that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that plot point. Yeah. Oh, the subjugation of the ghoul of... <laughs> I, I doubt that he minded. He no, was just hanging totally out up there anyway. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff with the different species for sure. Yeah. And of course, there's like a glaring lack of diversity. There's like yes. very few. Like, there are col- uh, characters of color in the book, but not major characters. Like, what's the most, like, I'm trying to, probably like Cho Chang might be the most prominent Patel sisters, um, yeah. Dean Thomas. Yeah, I just think, like, Cho is more of a focus. Yeah, for, Jill, like, right. more, but, like, yeah, those two. And, like, Kingsley Shacklebot is, like, the most aspirational, probably, yeah. person of color. And he becomes <clears throat> the Minister, uh, of, the minister of Magic at the end. Uh, and he's just, he's awesome, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really cool. But, like, yeah, there's no, I mean, Dean is, Dean is a pretty blank slate, there's not, like, a lot of Dean Thomas. He's not, like, Seamus, where he's, like, I don't know. I love the chubby kids. But he does date Ginny. He second. does. That is a good couple, too. I feel like that is, I liked that couple. But, but yeah, he doesn't have, like, he's not, like, honestly, he's the least developed out of the, that their forms dormitory in Gryffindor. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, there's just not, like, there's not a lot of representation, and there's just not, like, any talk of, like, what's what's up in the wizarding world with diversity. Yeah, except for really at the World Cup. At the World Cup, we yes. see um, that, you know, there are wizarding communities in every country across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I know, and I have read, like, when um, they cast Cursed Child, and they cast a black woman as Hermione, and of course, neckbeards were upset. Um, a lot of a lot of women have probably said that their reading of the novels, they thought that Hermione was, you know, supposed to to not be a white person because yeah. of the way she was described, and they saw themselves in her. Like everybody identifies with yeah. Hermione because she's the best. And and J.K. Rowling was like, yeah, I described her as bushy haired. Big teeth. Yeah, like, and it doesn't list. say lily white skin. And someone was like, but they say that her skin went white when she was scared. And I was like, that's just a descriptor. That's not something that, yeah, that's not literal. People you say turn, your face pale. Like, it, like, it says that Ron turns green multiple times. Right. He, he doesn't. did not turn it's green. It's not true. <laughs> that's not what happened. But yeah, it's... So yeah. I, I think um, that it would be... Lovely to believe that Hermione was meant to be a woman of color, but I I don't think that 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 was the initial intention. No. Uh, and so so oh yeah oh yeah I was just gonna say also gay people exist yes yeah that yeah yeah well and we know Dumbledore was gay but it's uh, not mentioned a lot of people don't believe her on that uh, I will say that I think it's absolutely possible that she had totally intended Dumbledore to be gay, that she totally intended him to have had a relationship with Gellert Grindelwald. That's how I read it. I read it. Yeah. I well, didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I, I was like, yes, this makes sense to me. However, um, another complaint is 
from some people in the queer community is, okay, so let's say Dumbledore is gay. Why does he have to be closeted? Why does he have to be celibate? Probably. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. I absolutely wish that there was more. It's like, do I think that she intended Dumbledore to be gay? Yes. Because she specifically tells a story about how when they were making one of the movies, they, um, the screenplay had something about Dumbledore saying to Harry, oh, there was a girl in my youth, and she was like, uh, you can't put that, because yeah. he's gay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope, I mean, I totally yeah, I'm like, uh, am uh, fine with, but yeah, there's, I mean, 10% of the characters aren't represented, I mean, right, or it should be more, like, obviously, right, but I'm just saying, like, as a, like, oh, absolute baseline. Yeah. Why does he have to be in the closet? Why does he yeah. have to be presumably celibate? Right, like, but, yeah, it's pr- pretty... Pretty wild to think that uh, one person in the entire population of Hogwarts staff and students is homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my final note on um, our faves are problematic is love potions. Oh no, I have, I actually, yes. Yeah, that's terrible and I didn't have it as a note, but I fully support you. Terrible. Love, love potions are date rape drugs. Yeah. Love potions you give to someone and they're like, oh, I am eternally in love with you. I must go and be in love with you and presumably do the physical things that in love people do with one another. Yeah, which is definitely why it's only represented in the books of women giving men love yeah, potions. Because, exactly. Like, but if if doing something the opposite way would be extremely upsetting, consider not doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, that's the joke is that Ramil Devane bakes these brownies and gives them to, or fudge it's, or whatever it is, yeah, and gives like it to Harry, yeah. um, and Ron eats them yeah. instead of Harry. It's yes. when Ron is in love with Ramil Devane, who he has no idea who she is. But then they're actually poisoned. Dun, dun, dun. And the end result of him doing that is that he almost dies. <laughs> That's true. Because it's not, they're, no, because the, the, it's not the chocolate that are poisoned, it's the, the wine. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or fire That's whiskey right. or whatever right. it is that. right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember how that <laughs> well, went down. Well, actually, Elizabeth. I remember how that went down now. Sorry. It's been a minute. Uh, since I read. Yeah, but so that, that was my last note on our faves are okay. problematic. I do, um, I do have a problem with the lack of POV type women. Like, obviously, Hermione is there, but it's mm-hmm. like, if you're running down the list of major Harry Potter characters, it is a pretty big sausage fest. Yes. And it could be not that way, I feel True. Like. I feel like it could be not that way. Um, and then also, like, the two, other than Hermione, biggest female characters are Luna and Ginny, and they're not they're not really, like, major characters until later. Yeah. And McGonagall and, like, also. McGonagall, but... yes. Yes, McGonagall. Um, Hermione is also petrified for a lot of the second book. Like, it's yeah. just, there's, you know, right. dude, dude times. Yeah. But McGonagall, you the real MVP. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there's a lot of, uh, I... I find it insane that in the sixth and seventh book, they're just like, whatever, unforgivable curse this time. Yeah. What? It's, so, so my, the justification to me, it's a war. I, I get that. And, but it's not even discussed. It just starts happening and continues always happening and there's no repercussions ever. There's, yeah, there's not too much of... The Order of the Phoenix slash Dumbledore's army using Unforgivable. There's like 
I think twice that Harry uses it. Well, no, he uses Imperius a lot. He uses Imperius he does, like, quite a few times. At the end of book six, he's just like, Crucio, Crucio, Crucio. Like, yeah. He misses, but like... Oh, oh my God. that That's actually one of my favorite quotes, too, is uh, after he does it to um, one of the Caros because he spat in McGonagall's face. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, Bellatrix was right. You really have to mean it. Yeah. He did not like that you spat on Professor McGonagall, which I appreciate, but also it's an unforgivable curse for a reason, Harry. It's not forgivable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a valid point. It's crazy. And then, yeah, he does. He uses the Imperial curse on that Gringotts goblin. Yeah. And it's just, like, in the movie, represented as, like, just this it's silly like a fun, Yeah. It, it's I like, was no, like, he invaded another person's brain. I hated that. Oh, I hated that. Um, speaking of movies, speaking of movies, uh, I think it's time to rate the movies and books. Okay. Let's start with the books. Because we're going to have to go into our, like, justifications, and I feel that's easier with the books. Okay. What is your number one book? Four. Uh, the Goblet of Fire. Okay. Oh, my next. Oh, because. Why? Because it has so much stuff in it. And it's so fun when Hermione dates Crumb and goes to the. It has the Yule Ball. It does have the Yule which Ball. Which is amazing. It has. The Yule Ball is fun. It has. Uh, it has Mad-Eye Moody. Well, you know. It has the fucking Quidditch World Cup. Which is bomb as hell. Um, you know, like, like you see so much of the wizarding world. The wizarding yeah. world opens up in a way. And that's my favorite thing about Harry Potter is the world. Right. And uh, that has the most of the wizarding world. And then also, the end is so scary and amazing. R.I.P. Cedric Diggory. Yeah. Uh, my number one is Deathly Hallows. Because J.K. Rowling is a master of foreshadowing and Chekhov's many, many guns. Yeah. Uh, The fact that she, like, planned so, so far ahead. Yeah. And it comes together. And, like, all of this amazing stuff. Like, even though, like, oh, you look just like your father. Except Uh your eyes. You have your mother's eyes. And it's like there was actually a reason for all of that. Yeah. Um, It has the princess tale, which I had to immediately reread because it was breaking my heart forever. Um, It has... (laughs) This is, we're already going to get into when you and me disagreeing on stuff. Nah. It has Ron and Hermione's first kiss, which I have been waiting for for several books now. I love Ron and Hermione. Oh, okay. I thought you were a... Oh, I mean... Harry Hermione. No, 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 person. no, 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 no. Okay. That upsets me. Okay. No, never. Okay. No, Um. so it has their first kiss, and their first kiss is because he thought of the house elves. Which is so sweet. It's so sweet. And I was mad that it did not happen that way. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. But. It is cute in the movie. Uh, and also Dobby is the hero in Deathly Hallows and it breaks my heart and makes my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, Neville gets to slay the final Horcrux. Yes. With, with the sword of Gryffindor because he was so brave. That's, That's extremely good. That the sword of Gryffindor appeared to him. Yeah, I love that. It's um, perfect. It's very good. Um, my second favorite is uh is a uh, good old half blood prince. Okay. My good. It's I. I love all of the backstory that you get about um 
the Riddle family. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so well crafted. I just really like like all that stuff. The cave shit is scary as fuck. And um, it is you know really cool. the Ginny like I'm such a Ginny Harry shipper. Me too. And it's so good. In it is. Six. It is so good. Uh, yeah, and, and just like Harry's really coming into his own in a, a big way. Yeah. And I just and then the end is incredible and I cry every every time. Every time. I just can't like there, <laughs> yeah. there is the last time I read it, yeah. I like didn't cry and I didn't cry and I was like, Oh I guess I didn't cry this time. And then Ginny starts crying at Dumbledore's funeral. Yeah. I lost it. That's me every time when Dobby dies. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Dobby dies, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm like, I know it's coming. It's I'm not. It's not gonna break my heart all over again this time. And every time I sob uncontrollably I, for an extended ten minutes, I have no emotional connection <sighs> to Dobby whatsoever. <laughs> That's so upsetting. <laughs> I don't care, especially because one of my notes on like all of my top books. Is Dobby. What hard. happens with Dobby? I don't like Dobby. I love Dobby. <laughs> I love Dobby so much. Uh, Caroline's uh, Dobby a good elf. Get out of Dobby. Stop fucking shit up. No. He breaks. He's so helpful. Harry's arm. I don't know. Anyway, what's your second favorite? My second favorite is Prisoner of Azkaban. Nice. Uh, it's the dawn of angsty teen Harry, which is so cute to me. Yeah. He's so upset all the time. (laughs) Uh, the mysterious Sirius Black. All of the Sirius Black stuff is cool um, and scary. Uh, it doesn't have Voldemort in it, which I think is a good refreshing break. It's true. I I know. It's the only one that doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's the only one that doesn't. Um, uh... It has my absolute favorite theory of time travel present, which is that there's only one timeline. If you had gone back in time to change something, you would have already done it, so it would already be that way. Yeah, it's amazing. There's only one timeline. It's the same as the Bill and Ted rules and the exploration. (laughs) It is. Bill and Ted, they're like, oh, we left this thing for us, so we got to remember to do that now. Yeah. And they go and do it so that they can have it in the past. Uh, It's... It makes the most sense to me. Yeah. And that's, like, how I explain when people are talking about time travel. I'm like, I don't accept that theory of time travel, Looper. Yeah. I go by Harry Potter, Bill, and Ted rules. Very good. I accept this. Uh, what else? Um, the Marauders. Introduction yeah. of the Marauders. That, yes, the Marauders. All the Peter Pettigrew mystery stuff, like, yeah. with the Marauders math. I'm like, why is Peter Pettigrew here? He's dead. Yep. Uh, oh, the first time I read that. Like, that's one of those ones that you can't go back <laughs> and read again for the first time, because now you know. I know. Yeah. Um, and J.K. Rowling rules at writing mysteries, and this sure. is, like, very mysterious. So, if you haven't read the Cormoran Strike novels, do it. She's very good at writing mysteries. So, that's my, that's my number two. Okay. My number three is Prisoner of Azkaban. And, I mean... Like, these are all pretty close together. Yeah. There's not... But, yeah, I love... I mean, I love Prisoner of Azkaban um, a lot, and it is the first great one, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty... It's honestly pretty flawless, 
uh, I don't have any problems with it. I just love, love four and six have a little bit more there for me, but, but three is flawless. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is Order of the Phoenix. Wow, that's controversial. I know, it is controversial. It's controversial uh, with my history with the series as well, because the first time I went through it, I got bored in the middle and stopped for, like, multiple months, I think. Um, It's a super depressing slog throughout the majority of the book, but what a payoff, and that's why it's one of my favorites, because it is. It's, like, horrible. The entire wizarding world is turned against Harry. They don't believe him. They're calling him a liar. He saw his friend die in front of him. He sees Thestrals now because he has seen death. Uh, He, you know, everyone's calling, like, people are saying that he just wants attention, and that's why he's saying all of this stuff. That's it's so bad. terrible. Professor Umbridge exists. Professor Umbridge exists. We have to know about that. Uh, she's terrible. Or as I like to call her, <laughs> Jeff Beauregard Sessions. <laughs> Accurate. Um, but, so then, at the end, we get the Department of Mysteries, which is so cool. It's the best. It's so, so cool. And so much of it got cut out of the movie, which makes me very sad because it's very cool. Um... It's the first book that's really for adults, I think. We get Dumbledore's army. Mm-hmm. We get the twins tormenting Umbridge and Beautiful. then taking off. And then saying, we quit school, which yeah. is pretty bad. And then being like, bye, bye, and bitch. Like, Sybil Trelawney getting fired and, and everybody then, being like, like this nope. is bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so all of that cool stuff. And it's the first book where a beloved character dies. Which, sorry, Cedric Diggory, I feel like oh, you yeah. are not as beloved as Sirius Black. I, I'm not over Sirius Black stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah, so uh, the fact that Harry has to watch his second dad die is the worst. Oh, so so then another part of the positive payoff is Umbridge uh, gets hers, and then Cornelius Fudge sees Voldemort and has to admit that he was wrong. Yeah. Uh, to everyone, which yeah. I really enjoy because Cordelia's Fudge sucks. Yeah. And I like him getting comeuppance. Me too. Me uh, too. One thing I forgot that I liked about Prisoner of Azkaban, Hermione slaps Malfoy in the face. Okay. Yeah, or in the movie punches him, which is incredible. Better. That's why. Incredible. That is better. Um. Okay. Sorry. That was That's a digression. Okay. Number four for me is Deathly Hallows. Um, the reason it's number four is because, and this, I just read another series uh, that was uh, a trilogy by Robin Hobb that had the same sort of problem, which is like, it was building and building, and then in the last book, there's like a bunch of uh, pages that it seemed like the author then was like, oh no, this book is getting super long. Uh okay, here's all the plot. And I'm like, no, but I'm super interested in that. Spend more pages on that, on that, on that. Yeah. Um, so I really love, I love the Deathly Hollows. I love, you know, Xenophilia's love good situation. I oh. love, I mean, obviously the Battle it's of so cool. is amazing. There's so much great stuff. I mean, I even love some of the Forest of Dean. Yeah. But, and I mean, the Bethilda Bagshot shit is the scariest <laughs> thing in the entire series. Yeah, it's it is. It's absolutely terrifying. It is. And it's great. Uh, and I did not fucking see it coming at all. No. I was upset. Um, 
<laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, there's a, like, they're just, it just feels rushed. And I just. Yeah. Oh, and I'm mad. I'm, the, the death to me that is how you feel about Dobby is how I felt about Hedwig. I know. I, um, like, actually, when I Hedwig. I was so mad. When Hedwig was killed, I was so upset that I, like, we we got it from the midnight release, and obviously we got two copies, and immediately yeah. sat there and we're reading it. And I just like I was, I was bereft, and I was just like stopping. I, I, I put stopped. it down. Mm-hmm. I just put it down. I was like, I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna finish. I'm not gonna read it. I was like, I'm not gonna read it. I like took like half an hour off because I was like, yeah. I'm not gonna read this book. I'm done with it. Yeah. So I have come to accept it just because people pointed out like the strategic reason that Hedwig had to die, which was that like if he had had a snowy owl this whole time. I get that, but like, it shouldn't it wouldn't have, have made any sense. It, and it just shows like this is a war; people will die in the book. I know, like she died in such a. I know, and she when it described her falling to the bottom of the cage. Oh, <laughs> I'm even thinking about it. Yeah, it I'm really. My heart. I'm a little upset. Um, yeah. So what's your number four? Oh, that yeah, that really is terrible though. Um, my number four is Chamber of Secrets. Uh, for the same reason that, um, you were kind of saying, like, oh, you can't reread Prisoner of Azkaban for the first time, Chamber of Secrets, at the time that I read it, was the scariest, most intense thriller. Yeah, absolutely. Thriller mystery. Because there's just a thing that Mm -hmm. Harry hears and nobody else hears saying, kill her. Yeah. I must rip, must kill. And as, like, a small child reading that, that was like, (gasps) yeah. This is what, this is what I live for now, yeah. is things like this. I want to feel this way all the time. Mm-hmm. It was so exciting and so cool. So I, it's not higher because it's not that much fun to reread, uh, but I do really, really like it. And the fact that we get a horcrux in book two is insane. It is. That the payoff later is already it there. It is. It's, it's amazing. crazy. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and also we get introduced to Dobby, who is very, very annoying in this one, but I come to love him throughout. And I think that he is very underserved in the movies, uh, and I will complain about it forever. Fine. Uh, my number five is Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I think it's actually the most underrated book. I think so, too. Uh, it is actually really good. I do like rereading it. There's uh, a lot of really great stuff in it, and... Um, like, Gilroy Lockhart is so fun as a character. Yeah. Like, what a fucking fun character to have around. I think part of the reason that I don't like rereading it as much is kind of like you said, um, Hermione is gone for a lot of it. Yeah. And she's my yes, favorite yes, yes. character. Yeah. So I'm like, Meh. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. Um, also, it has a lot of Fox, and I fucking love I Fox. I love Fox. So. Fox is really cool. Oh, my God. Fox the Phoenix sadness when Dumbledore dies and Half-Blood Prince is the worst. He's crying. Yeah. yeah. Crying Singing a lot. over that. Yeah. yeah. Mournfully. Okay. All right. What's your number? Uh, my number five is Half-Blood Prince. Um, wow. That is extremely controversial to me. Like, I just feel like most of the people I know, it's their number one. Here's the thing. I love all of them a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's my number five Harry Potter book, but it's also my number five book of right. like books. <laughs> yes, gotcha. So, Fair. 
I was very into all of the Voldemort backstory, especially with the Gaunts. Um, so Mero uh. Gaunts, that they thought she was a squib, but it was really just because she was so oppressed by her abusive father and brother. Oh my god. That, like, as soon as they were gone from her life, she was able to do magic. Is like, so representative of yeah. so many women. I, I loved that. Uh... Harry and Jenny love it. I love that their first kiss is after she wins a Quidditch game for them. I just in got front of chills. everyone. I just got chills. Oh. <laughs> it's because like she's done something cool and awesome. Uh, like it has nothing to do with him at all. And she he even was sitting over his position. Yeah. Like it's yeah. something he and instead of being like I should have been doing that, he's like Jenny's hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so perfect. Uh, yeah. Ron and Hermione is heating up. Uh, she's going to ask him to this thing, but then he gets mad. So she invites Cormac, uh, Cormac McLaggen just to make him mad. And then he goes off with Lavender. And then that just shows how much Hermione likes him, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then he's sick in the hospital. And Lavender's there. And he says Hermione. Like, <laughs> his unconscious fugue state. One, one. <sighs> it's so good. Um, and all of the Felix Felicity stuff is really fun. I, I don't have any... is the bomb. Yeah, I don't have them. anything bad to say about Half-Blood Prince, like, at all. Yeah. I really, really like it a lot. Yeah. All right. For me, number six is, is Order of the Phoenix. Uh, great, like you said. There's a, And there's more great stuff, too, like the, the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. But like, and the cleaning out. Find the fucking locket that belonged to Regulus. Like, yeah, and everyone theorizing who oh it was, and god. everybody knew, but it yeah, was fine. It was so good. Um, oh my god, I just remembered the scene in Order of the Phoenix when Molly Weasley has the bother, oh. and she's like crying over all of her son, like her children's dead bodies. Too and someone much. I know, and someone else pointed out recently that she starts crying the hardest when it turns into Ron, and it's probably because she knew that he was the most likely to die because he's always hanging out with Harry. Fuck. Yeah. <gasps> and but, then it turns into Harry, too, because yeah. she thinks of him like a son. As a son, yeah. Uh, it's really good. But, yeah. yeah, but it's just... Okay, so the problem with Order of the Phoenix, I don't think the problem lies uh, on the shoulders of J.K. Rowling, because I think at the time, those books, she, like, had such a... She was so powerful because the books were making more money than anything was making. Right. And I don't think the editors did a good job of editing it. Yeah. And I don't even think it was, like, necessarily that she was, like, don't edit my beautiful words. I think they were just, like, whatever, more right. words is more money. Right. Um, and, and, like, it just needed to be edited a lot. There's just a lot of shit that didn't need to be in there. Um, but I've never hated a character more than Dolores Umbridge. Oh, has anyone ever? White hot hatred. Forever and ever. I could not believe it when she, like, made him bleed on his hand. I will not tell it. I was like... But it's such a good payoff. It is. No, it is. But I'm just like... Like, that rage is, like, what fuels me to fight Trump. Like, I just, like... The rage I felt when reading about that continues to this day to light a fire. They were like, tell him. Tell them. And he's like, sorry, Professor. I must not tell lies. And I was like, oh, shit. So good. You played yourself on yeah. bridge. <laughs> Dolly. Yeah. Love it. I good. hate her. Yeah, I hate her, too. I so. hate her so much. And all of, like, sickly sweetness of all of her pink and kittens when she's really, like, Satan's daughter. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. 
She's the worst. All right. And she represents authoritarianism, so thanks for teaching us how yep. to fight authoritarianism. Yep. When, so is this number six? Yeah. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Cool. Uh, it's where the magic begins. Very cute. It's a lot, it can be kind of boring for me sometimes because it's a lot of world building. So like rereading it, I'm like, I, skip, skip. I know, I know skip, this. Skip. No. Um, and so it's wrong. But what a world. Yeah. What a world. Oh, absolutely. What a world, what a world. Um, each kid making a contribution to find the Sorcerer's Stone when in they go the beneath, book. beneath the trapdoor. Yeah, in the book. <laughs> Poor Hermione. Whatever. Her potion stuff got cut out, which is bullshit. Yeah. Um, that was so cool to me. I was like, remembered like trying to figure. It, I was never gonna figure it out. I was nine. Um, but it was it was very cool. I liked it a lot. And so this was like, yeah, again, it's where the magic begins. So it's like it has a special place in my heart for that reason. Uh, my seventh is Sorcerer's Stone. I mean, it's just because it's like it's like it's a kids book. Like it's yeah. it reads like a middle grade novel. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just a little Which juvenile, and it's it's great. Like I'm I'm reading it with my kids, and I love it, and it's fun, and it has it has a lot of great stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's I, for kids. It's for kids, and it's it's just not as it just doesn't have as much. It's a yeah. lot more shallow. It's great when you're a kid. It is, and I'm not. It's so. true. Yeah, so that's my. I know. I I mean, there's only one left. I know. <laughs> And uh, this is where I get controversial to you, because the one that I haven't said yet is Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Which is your number one. It is. Uh, I feel about Goblet of Fire, similar to you feel about Order of the Phoenix, where I'm like, we didn't need a lot of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I just love it all so much. And none of it's in cap, like caps locks, like so much honest, And of one of my favorite things about Goblet of Fire is Dobby. Right. Because Dobby is taking care of Winky. He comes to Hogwarts and, like, has a salary. And he's so happy about it. Uh, he, I will have everyone know, is the one who thinks of, or, and gives Harry the gillyweed, not yeah. Neville Longbottom. Yeah. I, what the fuck? Yeah. Ugh. Stupid. Um, I find everything about the tournament very boring. Aww. I don't know why. I just do. Uh, Yule Ball, though, super fun. Mm -hmm. Very into Hermione going with Crumb and Ron being very mad about it. And that's, like, when I knew. I was like, oh, this is gonna happen. I already suspected. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's But this is where it's like, oh, this is official. This is happening. It's also so fun when uh, Harry and Ron take the Patel twins and then just... Totally are terrible it. dates. Just awful. The worst dates in the world. Hilarious. Um, also, just, like... Harry finding the little miniature crumb arm in their dormitory because <laughs> Ron has ripped yeah. his little toy crumb up. Uh, the World Cup is very, very cool. Yeah, it um, is. All the stuff with the Death Eaters is like, Ooh, whoa. It truly is. Barty Crouch stuff, all that stuff is really cool. It has a lot of, yeah. Uh, Ludo Bagman is an and even though character. Ludo Bagman is an interesting character. And even though we know that um, it's bad and as Barty Crouch Jr., uh, Malfoy getting bounced around as a ferret is A+. Plus Very plus. good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I hate everything about Ron being mad at Harry and not believing him. It's trash and I hate it. <laughs> I get so mad every time I'm like, Ron! I know, Ron, you can be really funny. Uh, Rita Skeeter is the worst. Rita Skeeter is the worst. It's, you know what? I'm yes. determined to be her for Halloween one year, though. Magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's awful. She's, she's absolutely trash. Terrible. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's so upsetting. It's very upsetting. 
Uh, Hagrid and Madame Olymp are very, very cute together. I'm heartbroken that they do not end up together in any capacity. I like watching Hagrid be happy and in a romantic situation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, for the sake of uh, comparison, the Goodreads, uh, by by rating on Goodreads, it goes uh, Deathly Hollows. Yep. Half-Blood Prince. Okay. Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Goblet of Fire. Okay. Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Here's the thing. Again, these are my seven favorite books. Right. So, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're dumb for liking this book that I like slightly less yeah. than you seem to. Yeah. But, so different, uh, Goodreads, the majority of people or whatever feel differently than either of us. We're different than both. What do you think about Harry Potter? Mm, I don't know. Who is Harry Potter? He's a wizard. What does he look like? He looks like a little boy. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Do you like Harry Potter? Yes. What do you like about it? Because it has, there's a book about it and it's so fun. Yeah? What does he have for a pet? Um, an owl. Mm-hmm. Do you wish you had an owl? Um, what did you say? Do you wish you had an owl? Yes! Do you wish you could do magic? Yes! What would you do? I would, um, smash and crash! 